It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. Abe, let's get into Around the SEC because, of course, we have two of the biggest games of the week taking place down here in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Missouri traveling to Georgia. That is our first game. That is the CBS game of the week at 3.30. So we'll start here. Abe, what are your early thoughts about this one? My early thoughts are Georgia has had issues in the past with legitimate number one wide receivers and legitimate quarterbacks. And that's what they're facing in Brady Cook and and Luther Burden. Uh, Flip those. Burden, obviously, the receiver and and Cook, the quarterback. Um, But you've also got a situation that Kirby Smart has been begging for. And that is that they are number two in the rankings. You you got a situation that Kirby Smart, who for whatever reason feels the need to drum up motivation out of nothing, that's what the college football playoff rankings gave Georgia. They gave Georgia the motivation that these guys don't think you're the best team in the country yet. They put you number two. Let's go out there and prove that you're the best team in the country, whether they're the best team or not. Like that, that's what Kirby is drumming up today. And, and this is a blessing in disguise for him. Obviously, you know, he loves that, but Mm -hmm. I will say this coming off of this game against Florida, that defense, I I don't know if it was a one week thing where, uh, or if they can carry that over, but if they've figured it out, they sat Graham Mertz four or five times. If they can get into to cook and, and, and start to affect what he can do, This may look similar to how it did against Florida. Uh, This is the best Georgia secondary of any of the championship teams over the last three, four, five years. Uh, This is the best secondary. Not as great pass rush, but they did ramp things up a week ago. If they can ramp them up again on on the pass rush side of things, uh, I, I think it could be a long day for Missouri. And on the flip side, you saw Ladd McConkey get cooking. You saw Dejan Edwards get cooking. Um, yep. And more importantly, the, the confidence that Carson Beck has, Garrett, has simply never been higher. It, it really has not. I mean, he is just out there doing his thing at an incredibly high level for a guy. And look, I get why you would be overlooked based on what Stetson Bennett has been doing the past couple of years yeah. through the program. But this guy, 
whether he was ready or not a year ago doesn't matter. He's come in there now and is ready and is making plays. You lose Brock Bowers. Offense doesn't miss a beat. Another week later, Lad McConkey's hopefully healthier uh, with that back. Uh, Kendall Milton is hopefully healthier. And this offense looks like it's on a roll. And it also may have been a little bit of time for the coordinator. Uh, obviously, Todd Munkin out, Mike Bobo in. Maybe it took a little bit longer than we were allowing for him to figure some stuff out. I, I yeah. think this is a UGA team coming on an incredible high off of that game last week. They're improving mm -hmm. and only getting better. I don't expect a letdown. I, I actually expect um, kind of what we saw against Tennessee a year ago. Everyone wants to thrust Missouri into this. They could pull the upset mode. Garrett, I I'm simply not buying it. I, I think Georgia is ready to roll for a second straight week. I really do. I tend to agree, honestly. A and I, I think – we were missing the point. Everybody was across the country. It, it wasn't, it wasn't just as much the, the absence of Brock Bowers as much as the return of Lad McConkey. Agreed. And that was the biggest story, not, not Brock Bowers. And that is not a, and that it's not to mean that the team is better without Brock Bowers. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. He's debatably the best team player in the country, but look, Lad McConkey is an extremely poor, important piece in this team. And I think a lot of the early season woes that we potentially saw in offense came as a result of Lad McConkey not playing. The dude is, is slippery. He finds space. He's very effective when he does. You saw his yards after catch. He shredded the Florida secondary. He's healthy. And if he's completely healthy, he's an all ACC type of receiver, all SEC. Like, look, he's one of the best receivers in the country. And it was it was interesting too because when when I was at SEC Media Days in Nashville uh, back in July, he was named All SEC, and I remember talking to some folks afterwards where after it was announced, people laughed. People are like, "What the hell is this guy doing here?" It's just only because he plays for Georgia. It's only this and that, and, and I'm like, "Hey, just watch the film, guys. Look at what he does on the football field. He's like you you look at he doesn't really strike you as as necessarily an elite wide receiver, but that's what he is." He's a really good player, and he there's a, there's a certain special side of, of being a player who can just find space, and he's an important facet to this what what this offense wants to do. And look, it's also that in the resurgence of Dejan Edwards too, and the rushing attack. He they they found their guy. He's just their dude. Um, Branson Robinson was supposed to be the starter for this team, and he gets hurt before the season starts, and uh, that kind of set them back behind schedule on offense. And Dejan Edwards was dealing with injuries a lot too. I think his resurgence has been huge for, for what they did against Florida. And they, and they just got healthy. I mean, Demarius Mims is a, is, a, is a freak. I don't know if you saw Cole Kublik tweeting uh, about the offensive line that Georgia has. It's just they just have all of these guys just stacked. And if I'm Missouri, I don't really know how I'm going to stop this Georgia offense. I don't really have an answer. Yeah, This is a unit that is – they got shredded against LSU, and I'm not necessarily mm -hmm. trying to put them on that same pedestal. But Georgia's right there. If they're not with LSU, they're just a leg below them, just a, a, a tinge below them. LSU gave them everything that they could handle and then some, and then scored again in the final minutes of the game. You know, I mean, Carson Beck is going to be able to throw the ball all over the field. This is going to be very interesting. My big question is how do you slow down Brady Cook and Luther Burden? Luther Burden's a stud. And it gives me pause, though, that they're the biggest strengths of this Missouri team are coming on the offensive side of the ball, just in this, in the, in the passing attack. And that gives me a little bit of pause just in general, but I think this Georgia team is, is, is 
set up, ready to go. I think them being ranked number two in the country right now is all the all the influence that Kirby Smart needed. He only needed about this much. Yeah. They gave him about that much. I also still admittedly not very much. The talking point that we've brought up with this Luther Burden cat is the same one that Kirby is using, and and he's heard enough of you guys don't defend against NFL receiver types very well, and Luther Burden and Brady uh, Cook are going to come in and – and, and get after he's been drilling that to his guys for a week now and, and, and it it's probably taken note and uh not to say he's going to be shut down or anything like that but i think they're aware and they're not going to let him be yeah. the guy that beats him and, and i think that plays a role too i'd be interested i'd be very interested in th- if that happens i mean ricky pearsall is is uh was that kind of guy for florida last week and uh, wilson the, got him a little bit too but they're different types of receivers that that was they a are. lot of Short pass, make you miss an open field. Burton likes sure. the downfield stuff a little bit. He more. does. Yeah. He does. And and he's one of the best receivers in the SEC. And Georgia's gonna they're gonna have their work cut out for him yeah. there. Uh Schrader's also another guy who's who's just been a stud in that backfield. That running back is is gonna be I, interesting, you know, I don't even I don't even need to talk about a run game. I, rushing I've seen enough running backs, running backs are not the team and not the way to beat the yeah. I've seen I, after after watching my gators try and run the ball a week ago. After watching no. Kentucky try and run the ball a couple, I've seen enough about running uh, against that Georgia team. Uh, if, if not for a 60-yard run from Peyton Thorne, uh, that Auburn wouldn't have run either. I, I just – you're not running against that team, uh, so good luck. No, no, and, and I think the uh, – we, we've seen plenty of evidence that that Auburn game was just an outlier. Yeah, of course. Um, and, all right, so let's move on to another team in the SEC because we have two huge matchups that could decide the fate of the SEC title game, LSU – Goes on the road to Alabama. This LSU team, they were also ranked number 13 last year when they played Alabama, and they upset them in Death Valley. LSU doesn't seem to have that same kind of luck when they go on the road and play at uh, Bryant-Denny Stadium outside of that 2019 season. But Abe Gordon, what are your keys for this one? I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Boy, here. you know I, I, I keep waffling on Alabama, and, and I keep waiting for – what they require their offense to do to fail. And obviously LSU defensively has had, let's just call it a rough go of things this Mm. season, but they can score. There's no doubt about that. And I will say this, if they can score against Alabama, the way they did against Missouri and pretty much every other opponent this season, it might be tough for Alabama to keep pace. I mean, it's only a couple plays here or there that separate Alabama, big plays, I mean, that separate Alabama from a couple of losses in the past couple of weeks. And so um, it's very interesting to me to to think that Alabama is going to have to to get into a shootout and stay with LSU. I don't think mm. they can. I really don't think they can. Um, even with as bad as LSU's defense is, they're too reliant on the mm. deep ball for, for my comfort. And I will say this, though. The great equalizer is is the home game. Uh, yeah. I would have picked LSU. I would have favored LSU if this was a, a home game for the Tigers. Nighttime, 745 kickoff. Uh, what is it? I think it's a CBS doubleheader. It is. Um, that just smells like trouble. Uh, and and yeah. it's a situation, Garrett, where I, I don't know who the Heisman is right now. Uh, everyone can take your own pick. But if Jaden Daniels wants to be in this discussion, he's got to go absolutely bananas, absolutely bonkers in this game. Uh, that's the only way that LSU comes out of this thing victorious. Uh, and, and I just don't know if he can. I, I think Saban will be ready. 
I think a pretty good defense and pretty good pass rush will be ready. Uh, try not to let him run too much. Um, and, and look, if you have to live with some big play to neighbors and, and uh, what's the other receiver Robinson, mm-hmm. um, maybe you do, but uh, for, for me, it's about uh, Alabama, Jalen Milrow. Um, can they get this deep ball to keep working even against the porous LSU defense? I'm still waiting for it to not work. At some point, it's not going to work. And if it has to be in the SEC, it's not you, it's them, man. It's not you. It's them. <laughs> uh, they keep getting better. They keep looking better and better while having it work, though. And I don't know. I don't think it's a well coached team, you know. <laughs> um, but at some point, it is going to fall apart in, in regards so. to their reliance there. I just don't know if LSU is that team. But um, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a world here where Jaden Daniels goes nuts. Uh, there's a couple of deep balls that get dropped or tipped or whatever. Um, and, and LSU goes in and wins this game. I, I do not think it's as far-fetched as I would have thought uh, in other seasons or even at mm-hmm. the beginning of this season. So the biggest thing with, with last year to this year, so these are two, com- I, in my opinion, I see these as two completely different LSU teams. Um, yes. Jaden Daniels, I mean, they're two different Alabama teams too, I'd say. Too. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, Jaden Daniels didn't really go bonkers last year against the tide. He, he threw for like a buck 82. He had the two touchdowns, but he also ran the ball for 95 yards. And then you saw it, of course. Well, when I, when I say going touchdown, when I say having one of those games, I think having it with the legs is almost yes. as important with the arm. I totally agree with you. Uh, yes. So he had 95 yards on the ground in that game, but then mo- he had the 25 yard touchdown and then the subsequent two point conversion, of course, that everybody remembers. And then they go crazy. They rush the field and it was just an amazing moment. But Ultimately, I think the thing that Alabama doesn't do quite as well is defend the deep pass. That's something that they got they got chunked against Quinn Ewers in this Texas offense. You're right. The teams against the teams that can actually throw the football, they're allowing more than 200 yards a game. Um, there is a there is absolutely a world that LSU wins this football game. No question in my mind. That said, LSU has a boogeyman, and that boogeyman is Nick Saban. It is hard, 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 hard for a team to beat Texas, or excuse me, uh, uh, beat Alabama two weeks in a row, it's just, or two years in a row. You saw Tennessee didn't do it this year. I think the last team to do it, I, I want to say off the top of my head, is what, Ole Miss? Like of teams that played them consistently. You know, it's not a common thing. You don't see Nick Saban get beat twice. And I'm hard-pressed. This is not a game that I'm going to pick LSU. Is this a game that I think LSU can win? Absolutely. But Jaden Daniels needs to play the game of his life. He needs to go crazy. Right. And you need to be able to protect him from the guys like Dallas Turner and, and everybody else. And then you need to be able to rush the passer. Like, this is the game where I need to see the LSU pass for step up. I mean, Harold Perkins is somebody who we all pointed to as the best defensive player in the country coming into this season. I don't know if we can say that anymore. I, it's just... It's been uh, oh, it's but been, that also doesn't mean he can't look like that for a game. But and that's if he what does, I'm saying. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. Is between Dallas Turner and Harold Perkins, I'm expecting one of those two to go bonkers on Saturday, and I don't know who's going to be. It may have, honestly maybe neither of them, but those are two guys who I'm looking at in particular because if you can, these are two very athletic quarterbacks. They're two quarterbacks who like to throw the ball down the field, and I think the person who throws throws the ball down the field best might end up winning this game. Because then it turns into a shootout. I think that's where yeah. all of the viewers are going to have a great time. This is, I mean, this could be a fun game. You know, I'll, and I think it's going to be great. 
I'll also say this about Kool-Aid McKinstry, the Alabama defensive back. I, I yeah. came into the year thinking he was one of the top cornerbacks in the country, uh, potentially even top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And I'm not a draft talent evaluator or scout yeah. by any stretch. Sure. I think he's had a majorly disappointing season uh, against other good receivers. And, and he's going to have a challenge this weekend. And, and yeah. if it looks like it did against the Texas receivers – that's a real problem, both for Alabama as a team, but also for McKinstry and his his hopes of going in the top ten. And again, I'm not not an evaluator, but I have expected more from him and been let down more than I've been impressed. So that just just a thought with what he's going to be facing this week too. So the biggest thing for this out in the SEC West, of course, if if LSU wins this game, they would then need Ole Miss to lose a game because uh, Alabama would still own, would own the tiebreaker over Ole Miss. But you would have three, one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lost teams in the SEC West, making it very interesting down the stretch because so Alabama needs to lose twice in order to be completely eliminated uh, from the SEC West. So they've they they control their destiny. Let's put it that way. Um, but I don't think if I'm Nick Saban, I don't want my, the the fate of my season to come down to well, also a second loss. A second loss, whether you win the SEC or not, takes you out of playoff contention most likely. Probably, probably, uh, most likely. Yeah. I mean, and that's different, but LSU would need Ole Miss to lose another game. Ole Miss is still technically alive in this. Uh, if, if Alabama they got a I mean, tough go coming up, they got, a tough, they got, they got a tough go. this week, Georgia, the week after good yes. luck to them. If they're going to make that run. But then on the, on the other side, you have Georgia and Missouri. That's, this is effectively the play in game. If you're Missouri and you win this week, you can't drop a game because then of course you would have two losses in the SEC yeah. by virtue of your loss to LSU. But if you win out, if you win this game and then you win out, you're in the SEC championship game and you have a very real chance of going to a college football playoff um, if you win out. So if you're Georgia, win this game and, I mean, let the rest unfold because you're the best team in the country. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with it. But I do want to get through and get into the rest of the SEC quickly. Abe, if you have some thoughts on this Texas A&M Ole Miss game, I think this is a very interesting game, but Ole Miss, I, I, can, I just have to think they roll, right? Yeah, I would like to think so. This is going to be an interesting one for Jackson Dart, the Ole Miss quarterback, just just facing a really good front that's probably not going to let him use his legs a ton. Quinshawn Judkins as well. It's going to be tough sledding, uh, but if they can find a couple holes, there, there's I haven't seen enough out of the A&M offense um, under uh, you-know-who as the new offensive coordinator there for Jimbo. Um, I haven't seen enough from him to be impressed uh, and think that they're going to go into Ole Miss uh, and win this game. Um, and, and look, it's just, it's a weird situation for Jimbo. No one really trusts him, but he's not yeah. doing enough to lose the job necessarily right now. Um, it, you know, could people's minds change if they get completely embarrassed in this one? That's kind of what I'm looking for. Not suggesting they will. Um, but the, Texas A&M, the writing, the storylines every week has been wild. <laughs> it's the ebbs and flows of Texas A&M. You're yeah. riding the Jimbo Fisher roller coaster of, of chaos and, I don't know what to expect in this game, really, because Lane Kiffin is a little similar 
in that matter. But I think ultimately Quinchon Judkins is the great equalizer. I think he's going to be able to run the ball effectively in this game. And if you can run the ball on the Texas A&M front, then I just don't trust that Texas A&M offense to, to really keep pace. Uh, yeah. Jackson Dart and that combination in the backfield, I think they're going to find some success on the ground. Trey Harris on the outside. Give me Ole Miss in this game. Plus, they don't travel super well, but they do play well yeah. at home. And that's where this game is happening over there in Oxford. Tennessee, they're playing UConn as they get ready to uh, start up this this back half of their, of their slate. Huge win for them last week. I don't really see much of an issue with UConn. This is a team that they should roll as they get ready for the final games of the SEC. The, the only question for me is, is it a big enough blowout to where we see five-star Nico? That, I want to see Nico. question I have. Uh, other than that, uh, if he's Stay in the healthy. game, maybe I'll find it on one of my third or fourth TVs. But if not, almost zero interest. <laughs> I have very little interest in this game just in general. I want to see Nico if he comes in. Um, but outside of that, just stay healthy and get he- and stay healthy uh, down for the rest of the stretch. Arkansas and Florida, two teams who are coming off of very frustrating seasons. or Not seasons in general. Arkansas is coming off of a frustrating season. Uh, Florida is coming off of a frustrating loss. These are two coaching staffs who really want this win just to kind of keep their season going. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Abe? It's an important win for Billy Napier to grab, uh, and I don't know if he will, but uh, they've got a brutal, brutal back half uh, of the schedule uh, still coming with Missouri, still coming with LSU, uh, obviously Florida State in that discussion as well. It's a rough go for the Florida Gators. This would be an important win uh, to kind of separate uh, from that UGA game and and get ready for the rest of it, and I, you know, just just going to be about the mental spot. Where, where are where is Florida mentally? They they should be able to hold home serve here against an Arkansas team that has been, in my eyes, a disappointment at least on offense. Um, probably uh, you know the, the end of the road for Sam Pittman there. Um, but but uh, Florida's got to handle their business and and they've got to move on. This is a situation for Florida Garrett. Just don't let Georgia beat you twice. That that's really what I'm looking at here in regards to this home game for the Gators. Yeah, and, and I think you said it best. Don't let Georgia beat you twice. Uh, whenever you play teams that are super physical, it's it's only it's not only that one week that they they that hurt you. It's the week after. Uh, you're really beat up. You're playing another team that's going to be super physical and try to punch you in the mouth. That's trying to save their season. Uh, if it's not gone already, Arkansas is two and six. You win four the next four games. If you're Arkansas, you're going bowling. Uh, now, do you think that that happens? No, probably not. But you can't do that unless you win this week against Florida. So Arkansas is in must-win mode. They're in do-or-die mode. Uh, Florida, I think they can actually continue to, to – Florida's had a pretty good season, I'd say. And they've surpassed my expectations for what they were – what I expected from them. I think Graham Mertz is going to get back on track, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball a lot better than they were last week. Uh, and, and I think that's really going to be the biggest key for them. I want to see ETN go, get going. Uh, Ricky Pearsall, I think he just continue having success. And I, I don't really see how Arkansas slows them down. It's going to be a tough sell for Sam Pittman. If he loses this game badly, it's going to be a tough sell for him just in general. Uh, but he's, he's just on the slow march towards uh, likely termination at the end of the season. But let's move on to South Carolina. They are playing host to Jacksonville State, who, believe it or not, Abe, is actually a pretty good football team. Uh, I will say this, though, for South Carolina, I'm just going to start with there. Uh, they're also two and six. They're a team that I could maybe see making a bowl. You have to win this week against Jacksonville State. Then you have Vanderbilt next week. That's a winnable game. Then you have Kentucky. That's a winnable football game if they play good football. Then you're fighting for bowl eligibility against a Clemson team that is sort of 
pulling its hair out right now. Uh, this is not an unbeatable slate of games. And if you're Shane Beamer, you you just strike while the iron's hot. Normally, it's October that, that they have their crazy months. Uh, I know, I think Josh Pate from uh, 24-7 Sports calls it Cocktober uh, because they kind of go crazy. This last Cocktober, if you will, they went 0-4. Um, that's generally where they go bonkers. But maybe it's a, a Cockvember. Uh, and they kind of go crazy in the final month of the season. Jacksonville State, though, 7-2 and two coming into this one. Not as bad of a – it's not a pushover. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's just a situation where you just got to gain some confidence on offense, gain some yeah. confidence on defense, and take it into, like you said, a string of winnable games. And, and, and look, Shane Beamer's not, like, too on the hot seat right now. But if you mess around with this one, you, you could find yourself there real quick. So just build some confidence moving into the rest of your schedule. Auburn and Vanderbilt. I'm going to not spend too much time with this. Hugh Freeze picks up his first SEC win last week against Mississippi State. Uh, big win for, for Hugh Freeze and company. Now they get Vanderbilt on the road. I think they should roll in this one. Vanderbilt, <sighs> dreadful season. I think they're over under at the beginning of the season was three and a half. A lot of people pegged them as an easy over on that. It's looking increasingly unlikely that they reach that number. But I, I want to see for Auburn, pick up your second win in the SEC. Two wins in SEC play is very respectable, and that's absolutely something you can build on, but you've got to win this football game first. The first step in trying to compete with Alabama and LSU is taking away the uncertainty in games like this. This is a game Hugh Freeze had brought in. The first step is to win these games comfortably yep. and build from there, and that's that's where we're at right now. It's win this game comfortably and keep moving. Yep, and that's kind of the road. Um, Vanderbilt, that stadium has a, a very un even turf they're going through the uh the renovations over there at commodore stadium just stay healthy stay healthy for the back half of your schedule yep. so uh kentucky and mississippi state this is another one where I, I had higher expectations for kentucky than most people did they lost a frustrating game where devin leary woke up uh throws for 300 plus yards yeah that's my thing that i want to look i, I want to see this week ray davis you know what he is he's a beast likely first team all sec this year uh, but I want to see Devin Leary continue it and, and continue his role in, in positive momentum from last week and do it against a team that you should absolutely beat, even if it's – I mean, it's it's a tough place to play in Starkville. It's a weird place to play if you're not used to playing there. Uh, so I think that might set them off just earlier in this game. But ultimately, Kentucky's a better team. They should win this game. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I don't know if Kentucky overall has been disappointing. They kind of won the games I thought they'd won, lose the games I thought they'd lose. But I, I do agree with you about Devin Leary. He's been a disappointment for me. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they lost a week ago, but it was a little bit of a coming out party. Let's just see if you can carry that over uh, and, and find yourself because he has not looked like the quarterback that transferred in from the ACC uh, as of yet until last week. So uh, I agree with you. This is a game. They're the better team. They're coached well enough to where they should be able to go on the road and win this game. 